Hello and welcome to more, which stands for Midday Obviously Reads Everything. So, this is the podcast where I try my very best to finish the Hunger Games. As a self-proclaimed bookworm, it's kind of my duty. So join me and all of my guests as we try to read through the whole series. So sit back and relax as I do my best, my very, very, very best to read all of it. I hope I like it and I hope you like it too. So let's begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to more, which means Midday obviously reads everything. So we have two new guests with me today. So guest number one, introduce yourself. Call me Allie. Allie. And my other guest. My name is Brenna. Yes. All right. So joining my two guests today, we're going to be trying to finish chapter eight and starting chapter nine as well. So we're back to like when she got an 11 for the the rankings. Because she, like, said, I, like, shot an arrow at the game makers, but they still gave me an 11. She's like, what? An 11? What am I to do? So. Hopefully there's some easier words this time, too. There were too many hard words last time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fair to me or mm-hmm. anybody. Mostly me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where are we? Where I was? Where was this? No, here, here. Okay. <clears throat> so we're starting on page 145. The large print edition. Large. <laughs> Don't go. No. <laughs> Uh, the viewers at home want to follow along with it. Uh, okay, large print edition, page 145. I had been struggling along on my own for about six months when I ran into Gale in the woods. It was on a Sunday in October. The cool air and the pungent, dying things. I spent the morning competing with the squirrels for nuts and the slightly warmer afternoon waddling in shallow ponds harvesting catniss. The only meat I shot was a squirrel that had practically run over my toes in its quest for acorns. But the animals would still be afoot when the snow buried my other food sources. Having strayed further ahead than usual, I was hurrying back home, lugging my burlap sacks, when I came across a dead rabbit. It was hanging by a, snack, by a thin wire on a foot above my head. About 15 yards away was another. I recognized the twitch up snare my father had used them. When the prey is caught, it's yanked by the, in the, into the air out of reach of other hungry animals. I'd been trying to use snares all summer with no success, so I couldn't help drop my sack to examine one. My fingers were just about above the wire when one of the rabbits... Ugh! <laughs> my fingers were just on the wire above one of the rabbits when a voice rang out, That's dangerous. I jumped back several feet as Gale materialized from behind a tree. He must have been watching me the whole time. He was only 14, but he cleared six foot and was good as an adult to me. I'd seen him on the seam at school, and one other time, he had lost his father in the same blast that killed mine. In January, I stood by while he received his medal of valor in the Justice Building, another oldest child with no father. I remember his two little brothers clutching his mother, a woman whose swollen belly announced she was just days away from giving birth. What's your name, he said, coming over and disengaging the rabbit from the snare. He had another of three hanging from his belt. Katniss, I said, barely audible. Well, Katnip, stealing is punishable by death, or hand to her, he says. Katniss, I said louder, and I wasn't stealing it. I just wanted to look at your snare. Mine's never catch anything. He scowled at me, not convinced. So where'd you get that squirrel? I shot it. I pulled my bow off my shoulder. I was still using the small version of my father one. Whoa. I was still using the small version my father had made me. But I had been practicing with the full-size one when I could. I was hoping that by spring I might be able to down bring down bigger gain. Gail's eyes fastened on the bow. Can I see that? 
handed it over. Just remember, stealing's punishable by death. That was the first time I ever saw him smile. It transformed him from someone menacing to someone you wish you knew. But it took several months before I returned that smile. We talked about hunting then. I told him I might be able to get him a bow if he had something to trade. Not food. I wanted knowledge. I wanted to set my own snares that caught a belt of fat rabbits in one day. He agreed something might be worked out. As the season went by, we begrudgingly began to share our knowledge, our weapons, our secret places that were thick with wild plums or turkeys. He taught me snares and fishing. I showed him what plants to eat and eventually gave him one of our precious bows. Then one day, without either of us saying it, we became a team, dividing the work and the spoils, making sure that both our families had food. Gail gave me a sense of security. I laughed since my father's death. His companionship replaced the long, solid, solitary hours in the woods. I became a much better hunter when I didn't have to look over my shoulders constantly, when someone was watching my back. But I turned into so much more than a hunting partner. He came in confidence, someone whom I could share my thoughts with, um, and I could voice... Uh... <laughs> I was just making up words again, as always. Um, I could share my thoughts with... I could never voice inside of my head behind the fence. In exchange, he trusted me with his. Being out in the woods with Gail, sometimes I was actually happy. I called my friend, but in the last year, it seemed a casual word for what Gail is to me. A pang of longing shoots through my chest. If only he's with me now. Bless you. Sorry. (laughs) The outdoor just getting (laughs) to you. Yeah, it really is. All like the sunlight Mm -hmm. and the trees and everything. Too bright for me and my sensitive blue eyes. And your sensitive blue eyes. Couldn't be me. Me and my Mm -hmm. beautiful brown eyes. Mm -hmm. Beautiful brown eyes can never. What about you, Allie? How the sunglasses looking? Real sexy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I would say, Brenna, let's share, but then I'd be in a pickle right now. So abstain from doing that. That's okay. Just you know, deal with it. Just deal with it, Brenna. You're a tough cookie. Yeah, yeah just visual. This is a podcast. Audio format. You are being recorded. Okay, recorded Um, visually. Yeah. You know? Not, yeah, okay. No visual recording. Yeah. Just uh uh audio yeah. yeah for the next book we'll get a camera oh my gosh should we ourselves. start like a patreon for you <laughs> like want to see our faces join patreon join patreon yeah. and you'll get access to five minutes of midday stuttering over inimitable yeah. i'm in a i'm in a, yeah, I'm yeah in a that was rough yesterday it was very tough like some of the words i'm like ma'am just just say mm-hmm. i saw i came i went i did it Suzanne Collins is just a silly goose, you Mm -hmm. know? I know. You know, that's her silly goose ways that made this book a success, I guess. That's true. So, you know, do what you got to do to make the best successful book you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that's my spot. But, of course, I don't want that. I want him in the arena. I don't want him in the arena where he'd be dead in a few days. I just just miss him, and I hate being so alone. Does he miss me? He must. I think of the 11 flashing under my name last night. I know exactly what he'd say to me. Well, there's some room for improvement there. And then you'd give me a big smile and I'd turn it without hesitating now. I can't help comparing what I have with Gail to what I'm pretending to have with Peta. How I never question Gail's motives while I do nothing but doubt the latter. It's not a fair comparison, really. Gail and I are thrown together by mutual need to survive. Peta and I know the other's survival means our own death. How do you step aside that? Effie's knocking on the door, reminding me that another big, big, big day ahead. Tomorrow night will be our televised interviews. I guess the whole team will have their hands full writing us for that. I get up and take a quick shower, being a bit more careful about the buttons. I hit and head down to the dining room. Peta, Effie, and Hamish are huddled around the table, talking in hushed voices. That seems odd, but hunger wins out over curiosity, and I load my plate up with breakfast before I join them. 
The stew is made with tender chunks of lamb and dried plums today. Perfect on the bed of wild rice. I trouble wait, for breakfast? She's having stew? Okay, this is the future. Nah. This is this is like a dystopian. Yeah. So obviously they eat stew for breakfast. No. Yeah. Where are you eating stew for breakfast? Okay. Well, it's important that she eats the stew in the capital because it comes into play later in the book. It does. The stew with the plums. Stew for breakfast. Why not eggs? They have eggs in the capital. Yeah, but she likes the stew. She's gotta have a hearty breakfast. A hearty breakfast. A hearty breakfast of eggs. Party breakfast of like eggs, like toast, beans. Okay, but you sausage. Sorry, beans. I'm British. Yeah, I'm yeah. British. Stop being such a Brit. Beans Brits. on toast. Beans on toast. So tasty. But mm-hmm. you can't just leave out eggs and toast for whenever yeah, she but this wakes is, up. This is bread. <laughs> okay, but eggs are no, no, no. But eggs are easier to find if they're in the Hunger Games and it's like a forest area. She's gonna find eggs. You think they're gonna put a chicken in there? Like duck eggs or bird you eggs. Think they put birds in there. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Yeah, maybe they'll put birds in here this time. Like this bird that's cawing above us. That just stopped now. That's in, that's in a There's a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but... Yeah, look at that. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's a buffet for breakfast. So it's... uh, You don't put out toast and eggs. You put out something that can well, sit out for a while. scrambled eggs. Scrambled okay, eggs can sit out for not... a while. No. I think she should have ate scrambled eggs. Because like, I've, I've noticed this. She keeps on eating like stew and stuff for breakfast. Because that's, it's, that's what she's used to at it's home. It's Panem. <laughs> Panam today, Panam tomorrow, Panam forever. <laughs> a movie or something? I don't know what that means. I just oh. I haven't seen the movies. What? Because it ruins the images in your mind from the book. Interesting. I haven't have seen join anything. us on our watching. Yeah, movie we're gonna watching. do it by the end of this book when we're finishing it. We're gonna finish it end of July. Oh. End of July. End of August. Yeah. <laughs> We keep on taking these tangents. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, like we ha- we're not even in the games yet. I know we're getting there. We're almost done chapter eight. Okay, okay. So I'll finish up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I shoveled about halfway through the mount when I realized no one's talking. I took a big gulp of orange juice and wiped my mouth. So what's going on? Coach is on interview today, right? That's right. Says hey, Mitch. You don't have to wait till I'm done. I can listen to Ian at the same time. I say. What has been a change of plans about our current approach? Says hey, Mitch. What's that? I asked. I'm not sure what our current approach is. Trying to appear mediocre in front of the other tributes is the last bit of strategy I remember. Kamich shrugs. Peta's asked to be coached separately. Peta? How could you? Is that a, you're making faces? Do you want an edamame tutorial? Because <laughs> you're doing it wrong. You For reference, yeah, we got some that, but edamame. Um, but yeah, they gave us like edamame on the house. So Ali said that Brenna's eating the wrong. Brenna's just like popping the edamame Did you get both out. Pods out. Wait, sometimes you do it from the side. Yeah, but you want the fuzzy part in your mouth. Sometimes because you salt it, you don't eat the fuzzy part, but you get the flavors. You get the flavors. I Thank you for <laughs> Did you eat all yours? Yeah. Did you want more? No. Okay, we'll start a bit of chapter nine. Let's see where we got. Okay, we got this. Betrayal. That's the first thing I feel, which is ludicrous. Bloody betrayal would have mean there had been trust first. Between Peter and me, and trust has not been a part of the agreement. We're tributes. But the boy who risked a beating to give me bread, the one who steadied me um, in a chariot, who covered for me when the red-headed box girl, uh, who insisted Hamish know my hunting skills, was there some part of me that couldn't help trusting him? On the other hand, I'm relieved that we can stop the pre- pretense of being friends. 
obviously, whatever think next year we've been fooling, foolishly formed has been stubborn. And high time, too. Games begin in two days, and trust will only be a weakness. Whatever triggered Peter's decision, I suspect it had to do with my outperforming him in the training. I should be nothing but grateful for it. Maybe he's finally accepted the fact that sooner we op- the sooner we openly acknowledge that we're enemies, the better. Good, I say. So what's the schedule? You'll each have four hours with Effie for presentation and four hours with me for content entertainment. You start with Effie, Katniss. I can't imagine what Effie would have to teach me that could take four hours, but she's got me working down to the last minute. We go to my room and she puts me in a full-length gown, high-heeled shoes, not the ones I'd be wearing for the actual interview, and instructs me on walking. The shoes are the worst part. I've never worn high heels and can't get used to essentially wobbling around on the balls of my feet. But Effie runs around in them full-time, so I'm determined that if she can do it, so can I. The dress poses another problem. It keeps tangling on my shoes, so, of course, I hitch it up. Then Effie swoops down on me like a hawk, smacking my hands and yelling, Not above the ankle! When I finally conquer walking, they're still sitting, posture, apparently I have a tendency to duck my head, eye contact, hand gestures, and smiling. Smiling is mostly about smiling more. Effie makes me say a hundred b- 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 banal? Banal? Banal. Banal? Banal, like stupid. Yeah, I guess so. Banal. Banal? Banal phrases, starting with a smile, while smiling or ending with a smile. I learned the muscles in my cheek are twitching from overuse. Well, that's the best I can do, Effie says with a sigh. Just remember, Katniss, you want the audience to like you, and you don't think they will, I ask. Not if you glare at them the entire time. Why don't you save that for the arena? Said, think of yourself among friends, says Effie. They're betting on how long I'll live, I burst out. They're not my friends. Well, try and pretend, snaps Effie. Then she composes herself and beams at me. See, like this. I'm smiling at you even though you're aggravating me. Yes, it feels very convincing, I say. I'm going to eat. I kick off my heels and stomp up to the dining room, hiking my skirt up to my thighs. Pete and Hamish seem in pretty good mood, so I'm thinking the content session should be an improvement over in the morning. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be more wrong. After lunch, Hamish takes me into the sitting room. Uh, takes me in the sitting room. And directs me to the couch. Then it frowns at me for a while. What? I finally ask. Trying to figure out what to do with you, he says. How are we going to present you? Are you going to be charming? Aloof? Fierce? So far you're shining like a star. You volunteered to save your sister. Cinnabon made you look unforgettable. You got the top training score. People are intrigued, but no one knows who you are. The impression you make tomorrow will decide exactly what I can do, what I can get you in terms of sponsors, says Hamish. Having watched the tribute interviews all my life, I know the truth of what he's saying. You appeal to the crowd either by being humorous or brutal or eccentric, you'll gain favor. What's Peter's approach? Or am I not allowed to ask? I say, likable. He has sort of self-deprecating humor naturally, says K. Mitch. Whereas when you open your mouth, you come across more sullen and hostile. I do not, I say. Please, I don't know where you pulled that cheery, wavy girl and chariot from, but I haven't seen her before or since, says K. Mitch. And and you've given me so many reasons to be cheery, I counter. But you don't have to please me, so I'm not going to sponsor you. So pretend I'm the audience, Hamish. Delight me. Fine, I snarl. Hamish takes the role of the the interviewer, and I try to answer his questions with a winning fashion. But I can't. Too angry with Hamish for what he said. And I even... And then I even have to answer the questions. (laughs) I lost myself. I was, like, (laughs) reading. Uh... And that I even have to answer the questions. All I can think about is how unjust the whole thing is. The Hunger Games, why I'm hop- hoping, why, no, why I'm hopping around like some trained dog trying to get people uh, to please people I hate. 
The longer the interview goes on, the more my fury seems to rise to the surface until I'm literally spitting out answers at him. All right, enough, he says. We gotta find another angle. Not only are you hostile, I don't know anything about you. I've asked you 50 questions and you still have no sense of your life, your family, what you care about. They want to know about you, Katniss, but I don't want them to. They're already taking my future. They can't have the things that mattered to me in the past, I say. Then lie. Make something up, says Haymitch. I'm not good at lying, I say. We better learn fast. You've got about as much charm as a dead slug. Ouch, that hurts. Even Haymitch must knows he's been too hard because his voice softened. Here's an idea. Try acting humble. Humble, I echo. That you can't believe a little girl from District 12 has done this well. The whole thing's been more than you ever could have dreamed of. Talk about Cinnabon's clothes, how nice people are here, how the city amazes you. If you won't talk about yourself, just keep complimenting the audience. Just keep turning it back around. Right? Gush. The next hours are agonizing. At once it's clear I cannot gush. We try me playing cocky, but I don't have the arrogance. Apparently I'm too vulnerable for ferocity. I'm not witty, funny, sexy, or mysterious. By the end of the session, I am I am no I am no one at all. Hamish started drinking somewhere on witty, and a nasty edge just crept into his voice. I give up, sweetheart. Just answer the question, try not to let the audience see how openly you despise them. I have dinner that night in my room, ordering an outrageous number of delicacies, eating myself sick and then taking out my anger at Hamish at the Hunger Games at every little living being in the capital by smashing dishes around my room. When the girl with the red hair comes in to turn down my bed, her eyes widen in the mess. Just leave it, I yell at her. Just leave it alone. I hate her, too, with her knowing, reproachful eyes that call me a coward, a monster, a puppet of the capital, both now and then. For her, justice must finally be happening. At least my death will help pay for life with the boy in the woods. Instead of fleeing the room, the girl closes the door behind her and goes to the bathroom. She comes back with a damp cloth and wipes my face gently, then cleans the blood from broken plate off my hands. Why is she doing this? Why am I letting her? I should have tried to save you, I whisper. She shakes her head. Does that mean you were right to stand by? She has forgiven me? No, I was wrong, I say. She taps her lips with her finger, then points to my chest. I think she means that I would have ended up the same as the box. Too. Probably would have in box for dead. Time fifty three. I think we'll stop her today. Yeah. We'll stop. Okay, so we stopped on page one fifty eight. Finish chapter eight. Ah something my back. I don't know. Okay. No, it's fine, just me. Uh stop. I mean we finished chapter eight on to chapter nine. So thank you all for coming today and helping out today. My guess. Wow 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 do you have uh, exit music? I do have exit music, actually. So I don't know what that was, but that was me scatting. Sorry, scatting. You don't have to scat anymore. Thank you, but I I do have my own outro music. Well, so you would know that if you listen. Yeah, she listens to the podcast. Okay, yeah. so we've just exposed my guest Allie here, who has not listened to yeah. any of my podcasts already, and yet she is a special guest here. I see. I take the guest spot a little too lenient here, a little too lenient for my liking. So, Allie, will you change that? Um, I would um like to say um, uh, oh, you sang Cinnabon. Is that just like a bit? Yes, doing? it is a bit because oh. I saw Cinna like Cinna on like the first. I don't know when he first appeared. I'm like, oh my goodness, like Cinnabon, like you know Cinnabons. Yeah. So it just became Cinnabon. And it's Cinnabon for the rest of the series. Yeah. Yes. That is a bit. Yeah. Also, Capital. I Capital. say that because I said it wrong. I was pronouncing it wrong the first time I read it. So now it's Capital. Capital. As Pizza well. Melmark. Pizza Melmark. Yeah, I mispronounced it because I saw the two L's and made it like an M. So it's oh. Pizza Melmark. Um, I don't know how I mispronounced anything else that I just keep consistent. 
Say Panam correctly. Panam today, Panam tomorrow, Panam forever. And Steve. Can't forget about Steve. I meant Gail. I just forgot. Yeah, my intro, if you listened to the intro, you would have known that when I was trying to do like a little summary of the games, I said Steve instead of Gail because I didn't remember mm-hmm. Gail's name. What is it on Spotify? I'll pull it up right it's now. Called- more. more. Midday obviously reads everything. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. podcasts and shows. Mm-hmm. 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 Did you find it? Nope. We'd also like to thank all of our international listeners. Shout out to you. <laughs> we see you and we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being the birthplace of French fries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. So. Please continue listening, and we'll have even more fun and exciting podcasts to come. Thank you very much, my guest, Brenna, and my guest, Allie. Thanks for having us. Thank, Thank you so you much. for being your quirky self. Thank you so much for being your quirky self and your silly goose yeah. self as well. <laughs> I'm like a rich cracker, you know, with the cheese in the middle. That's my quirkiness. That's your quirkiness? Yeah. And thank you, Brenna, for being your blue-eyed self with your Thanks. sensitive eyes. Yeah, that's me. That's you. You're like a vampire, but with your eyes. Or with your eyes. And I mean, I burn, too. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you again, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. 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 Okay. And done. And that's it. We got pretty far for today. So I can't wait for the next one. And if I said something wrong, which let's be honest, I probably did, don't hesitate to point it out to me. Because honestly, if you can't laugh at yourself, who are you actually supposed to laugh at? Am I right? Yeah. Okay, then I'll see you in the next one. Midday out. <laughs>